Charlie Chaplin said, <laughs> this is Patreon requested spoilers. Hey now. That's good. I like that. Because it's a silent movie, Pantomime. Yeah. Hey now. As the title card says. Everybody, welcome to Patreon requested spoilers. This Patreon request comes from Nathan. Uh, Nathan recently rejoined the Patreon, so we're happy to have him back. Um, he had an opening question for the boys. Uh, and I just closed it for some <laughs> odd reason. Let me open that back up. It's something uh, like experience with silent films. Do you like them? Yeah. I guess I'm just wondering about y'all's relationship to silent movies. Are there any you've seen and enjoyed? Do you find it difficult to get stoked about watching old silent movies like this? Hope this is appropriate. Looking forward. Very appropriate. Opening question, Nathan. Um... I don't know. You want to go east to east? Stevie, I think that might be you. No Corey, no Mikey tonight. <sighs> Am I the weestest? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wowza. That's got to be a first. Um, experience with silent films. Not great. Um, the most experience I have with silent films is uh, in college. My professor, uh, my film, my uh, film studies professor, um, he... Uh, we went on a run of silent films and you know, when you're taking a three and a half hour course on a Thursday during the winter, it's hard to get a little stoked for, especially when you're in a dark room with like heavy clothing and trying not to fall asleep. And you know, this class started at like six, so you've already eaten dinner and um, yeah, didn't uh, have a great energy for him. Pap. That's like the most experience I have with silent films. But I was excited. Ever, I was excited to watch this one. Is have you ever voluntarily watched a silent movie? Not once, or only for a class, or only for a class? Before. Because not not because it was like I had to write a you know I had to like present something. It was like I was forced to watch this. Okay, Josh, I feel like you probably took some film studies classes in college. I did. I feel like Stevie just basically took my answer. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say our professor went on a run but it was definitely part of the curriculum going through like the iu media school at that time um i think it's not very hard for me to get stoked i'll answer that part of the question and you hinted at it already pap if it's just me it is kind of depressing to watch a movie this old what comes to mind sometimes is how like all the people involved are like dead and everything <laughs> early. Like, but, get ready, Brett. We're gonna come to you for who's not alive anymore. They're all dead. <laughs> That's just kind of a tough thought when you're alone watching it. But I do feel like if we're watching it as part of a movie club or part of a podcast like this, it's more of a feeling of like bringing new life to it. And I do really like that. Mm. Well, this is Pappy recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Next week, says, according to the Letterboxd, I've seen fourteen. Silent movies. Oh, um, nice. Most recently, The Artist, or I mean, in terms of like when they came out, The Artist. I don't know if you guys have feelings about The Artist. I remember liking it at the time. I know it's, I know it's really hated. Mm-hmm. The Disaster Artist? No, just no, The no. Artist. Just The oh, Artist. Oh, just, just. John Goodman starring mm-hmm. The Artist. Yeah. I wanted to finish off the, uh, I think it was the 2008 
AFI top 100 list. So I ended up seeing like four, three or four Charlie Chaplin movies for that. Um, and I saw one Charlie Chaplin movie in a theater one time um, in Denver, Colorado. They did a series on like afterlife movies or movies that like had elements of like heaven or something. And they played Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. And I'll, I'll tell you, that was a pretty great atmosphere because there was like a bunch of like families there and kids loved watching Charlie Chaplin on the big screen. I was surprised at how mm-hmm. like, uh, like captivated they were. It plays for all ages. So like I, I do appreciate a silent film, um, but I think you got to focus. You know what I mean? It's not one where you can look at your phone because you might miss critical <laughs> dialogue <laughs> or, or, or inner title cards. Have you seen enough silent films to see the one where it has like the original uh, guy looking at the other girl with lust while he's like holding hands with, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Garden like, of Eden? No, no, no. There's like a guy. No, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. That There's one? a man walking down a sidewalk with a woman in tow, but another woman that he finds oh attractive God. walks past. <laughs> so he's like glancing back at her. Oh, the meme? You guys know that meme? Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. meme is from a silent film. Pappy knows, right? I don't know. What film? Ah! Okay, sorry. Brett, we will look that up while you uh, give your experience and level of stokeness for watching the silent All film. All I heard was, we're not going to listen to you talk. That's uh, okay. No, I'm going to oh, listen to you. This is, this is Brett from Fort Wayne. Um, let's see, I've seen that first movie type thing a trip to the moon uh i think it's like six minutes long i don't know ten minutes long i watched the artist and wings for the oscars when i watched all the best pictures and i absolutely loved the artist i thought it was really really cool wings was okay i mean they're 80 years apart so you know and then i watched this movie it's my first charlie chapman movie now wings yeah. is is that more known for its like cinematography yes. where camera movement the ryan johnson canto bite shot yeah yeah, yeah. and charlie yeah, chaplin crazy. movies are more about like the physical comedy it's about the walking mm. man mm. how are the walks <laughs> i found the I answers think there's so much more to that but we'll, but yeah so i don't have a lot of uh, do i get pumped no not really but um Again, I really like the artist, and you'll find out if I like this movie or not. Pap, we'll see. Pap, I found yes, answers. I'm seeing a leak the from dis- Snopes. The distracted boyfriend arguably came from Charlie Chaplin's 1922 short film, Payday. Mm. So that is a real thing. Maybe we can put this image up on our... I think we actually have had this up on our Instagram a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that's how I know about it. The Charlie we Chaplin go. well. Yeah. <laughs> Infinite likes on ancient memes like that. Um, you mentioned like the 1922 film Payday. This is the oldest film that we've ever done in the history of spoilers. Oh, yeah. 1931 City Lights. And interestingly, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the British Film Institute's sight and sound list, uh, but they publish a list of the greatest movies of all time. According to them, this is the best movie we've ever done in the history of spoilers, landing at the 36th best film of all time. Stevie, I know it's probably... We've we've never done a better movie than 36. 
Here's here's the we never done Vertigo. No, so here's some of the ones that I've seen that uh, stand out that Something are ahead like of us. Vertigo, Citizen Kane, yeah. Singing in the Rain, Apocalypse Now, Seven Samurai, Do the Right Thing, uh, a Josh Pivot Taxi Driver Ooh, at twenty nine. That wasn't a pivot. That was a trade up. A trade up. Sure. <laughs> I guess Josh, when you watch something like City Lights. Do you get the sense that you're watching one of the greatest films of all time? Nah. Before we even get any details of the movie. Already said nah, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to basically read to get that knowledge. I don't think you're going to know. Man, like you can watch a bunch of old silent films and obviously some have more quality in them than others, but I don't think you'd necessarily ever think that they are better than your top 10 like favorite modern movies you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you can appreciate this for its historical value but would you put it above like et or uh fight club or something i'm just naming a couple random decent movies that i'm thinking (laughs) of et fight club and city lights the mount rushmore of american (laughs) film Pat, did you see what was uh, the highest movie on this list before City Lights? Mm. Uh, at number thirty-eight, Breathless. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ancient spoilers pick. Also seeing Rear Window on this list. Yep, forty. Nice. So that might be another closest. I don't know. I heard uh, the Blank Check podcast. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but they had uh, David Elric or Elric on or whatever, and they said there's no distinction between calling a movie the a best movie of all time or your favorite movie of all time they said they reject that distinction. what uh, isn't that not insane stevie there's a difference right there's like, a, such stupid. a difference a, a rational person knows those are two different words with two different meanings like mad max fury road is my favorite movie of all time but i know it doesn't even touch either of the godfathers like amen yeah that's a really stupid thing to say that's it's mm-hmm. so dumb. I, I don't think I've ever heard anything so dumb in my life. That's really dumb. And I know the Godfathers are pretty good, but they pale in comparison to Ace Ventura. There you so. go. <laughs> there you go. We're dropping some class. He <laughs> gave us some knowledge. Ace Ventura, breathless. City lights. <laughs> Fight club. Stevie, then I want to come back to you then. So we're acknowledging that like sometimes things aren't our favorite, but we can acknowledge their greatness. Yes. Why do you think City Lights is considered the best movie we've ever spoiled in the history of spoilers? So this is something that had to grow over time, in my opinion. I don't think people foresaw like what would happen just for the simple fact that like, I mean, this is a rom-com, right? Mm-hmm. Rom-coms Definitely. were, I mean, are some of the best movies you can think of up until like, I don't know, eight years ago and they stopped making them. And a lot of it, I feel like, was influenced by this movie. There's so many beats and so many little things where you're like, oh yeah, I see that. I guess you could lead a lot of rom-coms back to this movie. Please give us some of those beats off the top of your head. What are you talking about? (sighs) Like the tramp, like the girl being blind and not knowing what the tramp looked like and then him freaking out at the idea of her her getting her sight. Like there's a million tropes you can think of, like in rom coms. I can't think of the top of my head where you're like, okay, Aladdin, man saves girl, shallow yeah. hell. Oh, shallow hell's a great one. There you go. 
one thing, Pappy, to answer your question, like, not many movies that I've seen have a title sequence where it says the movie title and it's like a physical set. <laughs> right. It's like huge. The, the city lights, it's only there for like a few seconds, but they made this whole city scene with huge lights that spell out the word city lights. And that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think 99% of this was shot on a studio lot. Like only like some of the scenes when they're drunk driving the car later were actually shot on location. So all the things that you see downtown, like the opening with the statue, um, just like forced perspective using miniatures. And, and I think that's what distinguishes like a best between a favorite too. It's like that is an incredible just accomplishment for a film almost 100 years ago. Pat. Yeah. Here's something I picked up on that. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but. To me, it seemed really obvious when 80% of when they were driving around during that drunk driving scene that those street blocks were closed Mm -hmm. to the public. (laughs) Probably a good idea. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, there's literally no cars when they're driving over the sidewalks and stuff like that. So, I mean, again, yeah, it's smart, but I guess if I noticed it, then maybe maybe it wasn't hidden well enough. But again, it didn't bother me. It's just something I noticed. It's also kind of interesting that it's called City Lights, and it's not like a clear city where this is taking place, right? There's like a little bit of like a bunch of different cities. Yeah, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Because it's shot in like a studio lot. How would you freaking know? Like, what, what are you looking is? for? The Empire oh, State I mean, Building like, didn't yeah, even exist, exactly. then, did it? Like, I, maybe not. Brooklyn yeah. Bridge, man. Well, the, the tramp's supposed to be British, and then when the, the millionaire leaves, it says... To He's Europe. going to Europe, and then so later it says back from Europe. Oh, so it's in Canada, obvious. I mean, they're driving on the right side of the road. I don't know. Not many countries drive on, or at least the steering wheel on the right side. So. Can't you just tell by their accent? <laughs> right. By the oh. There's one part. <laughs> by the duck at the beginning, kazoo, dude. At the beginning of the movie, they give a freaking speech, and it is literally like. Why do they do that? It's like the adults in a Peanuts (laughs) talking. I'm interested this is your first Charlie Chaplin movie. We call him the Tramp, and I feel like Charlie Chaplin and his character, the Tramp, have almost become interchangeable now, but this is like a specific character in a subset of movies that he started and directed. How would you characterize the Tramp based on this one movie? He's a character who went through some like evolution, but this is like peak Tramp, as they'll say. Um, Super Tramp, if you will. Hey, I like that. That is hard to say. Obviously, his shoe size is about six sizes too big I, on purpose. Um, I know Stevie will make fun of it later, but I thought the way he walked down the stairs is really funny and really impressive. He would like change his lead step like halfway down the steps, which is crazy to me. Uh, you know why he had big shoes? No. Big balls. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the saying? <laughs> Something like that. I don't, I don't think so. But anyway, sure, Josh. Uh, he just seemed, he seemed to have a good heart, I guess. And 
He's poor, obviously, but he's ungodly horny as well. Like I feel like across all of his movies, in real life too. Yeah, in real life too. Is that uh, right? He had a lot of kids, I think, by a lot of different <laughs> women. He's um, like Nick Cannon of the '30s. Yeah, mm-hmm. or Sean Kemper. Then hey, and Brett. <laughs> Brett. I noticed there's an early scene where he's looking at a naked woman statue, and she's like pretty it's a pretty detailed statue i felt like Ooh. i was a little surprised by that with such an old movie i was gonna ask you both this is pre-code right wasn't code 34 i think so so i Brittany and i were kind of talking about just in the first like five minutes there's like i don't know three or four or five dirty jokes kind of like what are some of them uh Brittany, what are some of the dirty jokes see sat on that statue's face yeah, the nose went up his butthole. Yeah. <laughs> he was all, he was, dude, he was staring very creepily at the naked statue. So that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Are you talking? What do you say? Hello? The Hayes Code, by the way, was 1934. Uh, he's also. I don't know. I feel like there's also like some like sexual ambiguity with the tramp too. You know what I mean? Like you can tell that like Bugs Bunny was based off of like the Marx Brothers and like even a little bit of like the physical comedy of Charlie Chaplin where like he'll kind of like smooch. Yeah, the tramp isn't afraid to smooch a dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, that's Brit and I picked on the, up on that stuff too. Some definitely homoerotic moments, especially at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Stevie, but the the hopeless romantic that is the tramp. Who's who's the love interest here um, for the for the horny horny tramp? Um, she's a girl who's selling flowers, and she is not just any girl. She's blind, and the tramp figures that out by waving a flower in front of her eyes. I mean, this the story is kind of hard to pull off because there's not a lot of like talking place cards, like reading place cards. So it's not so much more like fewer than other Charlie oh, Chaplin movies. So too. like by I was like surprised by like how few there were, and like the way he's able to tell the story just by acting physically is pretty genius. Mm-hmm. Can I say that with Virginia Cheryl, when I was a kid, oh yeah, she just seemed like an older woman. She is a babe. <laughs> I get why she was like a big actress like she has an old-timey look but she is still pretty a hundred years later and that's pretty cool i think actually mm-hmm. i mean she's probably not pretty a hundred years later but but yeah i know what you mean come on brett it, she she holds up mm-hmm. she's lost a lot of weight brett <laughs> dude what is your problem <laughs> you don't want to be th- i thought i thought you didn't want to be the death guy I got a morbid sense of humor. I'm just messing around. Yes, I think she's very pretty. You're right. The scene where they meet had the Guinness Book of World Records for most like retakes or like reshoots of a yeah. single scene. Do you know? Did you, Takes, read, yeah. you read that, Brett? Too. Um, he burned a lot of them. Yeah, 342. Mm-hmm. And it's still the worst scene with them. Like, Whoa. what were they doing? Well, I think it was just like the evolution of trying to figure out like how can we believably have her think that Charlie Chaplin's a millionaire. 
Yep. And so yep, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. He couldn't he couldn't figure out how to accurately portray it with like no talking, her being blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, pretty perfect in like seamless, right? Just in terms of like the way that the door shuts on the other car and she thinks that she's he's driven away. Like I mean it's clever the way it's whole constructed. It's you don't think so? No, uh I think any logical viewer would realize she still has a sense of smell. And there's even <laughs> yeah, a time. Oh, Josh. Very good. She gets down on her knees and is right near his crotch when she's like digging for a flower on the ground. Come on, dude. And, and you know he hasn't showered in a month. Tramp funk from a mile away, dude. <laughs> she's blind. Her smell her smell is heightened. <laughs> Worst, worst part of the movie. So sad they did so many retakes. It's terrible. <laughs> she goes to throw out that water and all of a sudden she goes. <laughs> <laughs> Something smells cleaner than it did a second ago. <laughs> Stevie, we meet our eccentric millionaire character too. There's only a few characters in this movie. You know what I mean? Like maybe four or five like major characters. He's probably the third most major character. My favorite character. He's great. He's awesome. Dude, this, I might know, oh my God, the, the funniest thing to me, someone tell me, you also think it was hilarious, like every time even some minor skirmish came out and he took his coat off, like he's going to fight, <laughs> oh my God, it made me laugh, it made me laugh every time, like, dude, that was so good, like apparently he was like a big time silent movie actor, so like he was really good at that kind of stuff. Like, it, it shows. I think... I call them like energy characters are important in every movie where they're not in every scene. They're not the main character, but they bring energy to every scene they're in. And I got that with the, uh, the lush millionaire every time. And <laughs> it's such a cheap joke. And I mean, it's not the most like, I think it's groundbreaking probably for them, but the idea that a man is like best friends with the tramp when he's hammered and then we'll throw him out in the streets when he's sober is the funniest thing to me especially i do also like he doesn't even remember him when he's sober like his memory is is better when he's all fucked up when the tramp is like pleading with him like tell the cops like you gave them like this money like tell them like who is this man who is this i I busted up laughing with the who is this man and i'm not gonna lie like freaking funny you guys said this is like pre-haze code right Mm -hmm. one year before Oh, thank God. Um, I thought those parties were pretty wild, man. I would have enjoyed to like hear like the actual like music they were listening to and what they were saying. The level of debauchery is insane. Yeah. This is like during Prohibition though, right? Like you couldn't legally be out drinking. Rich people could. Well, they always could. I thought it was pretty shocking to see the girls in kind of like pajamas and also like sleeping on the ground the next day. That's very like garden state. Uh, to be out, which is a much superior movie, right, CB? That should be top twenty-five on that list, Pat. Don't get top five, bro. <laughs> Pure keno. Isn't it super weird though to think of like people a hundred years ago getting like blackout drunk and partying? You know what I mean? Like sleeping on the floor. This has been around a long time. It's just wild, though. You know, like that was their reality, and it was illegal too to do. There's probably that extra thrill. 
Was there any debauchery, Josh, of the Tramp and the Millionaire that you particularly liked? Um, I think we should say that the first time we meet the Millionaire, he's hanging down. He's hanging out down by the river with a noose around his neck. <laughs> About to like hang himself or drown himself in a river or something. The scene maybe by modern standards goes on a little too long. The second fall in the water, but even still, I was like, oh, it's still funny. But yeah, I'm with you. If you want to dig really deep into like what this like means and stuff, it's almost like he's trying to kill himself while he's drunk and they're dunking each other in water over and over again. A baptismal moment, if you will. And then uh, they come up and he's like, I don't want to kill myself anymore. And we're friends for life. Now, a little bit later, he does try to grab a gun and put it in his mouth or something. (laughs) But after that, he does seem to leave the suicide stuff alone. Right, Pap? He does seem to get better off with his friendship with Charlie. Mm -hmm. I think he grabs a gun again towards the end with the bad guys. But yeah, he's trying to shoot Charlie because he's sober at that point. There was one little joke when the rich guy's pouring that alcohol down his pants and then he sits on the couch and then the butler gets really mad. Then he stands up and then he does a fake sit on the couch and like starts like cracking up. That actually made me laugh too. And it's hard to describe, but like he was messing around with the butler. Yeah. Like he was acting like the guy told me he couldn't sit. So he's like, okay. Then he does a fake sit and then he's like, I'm shaking my head, like giggling, like uh, the dog in Duck Hunt. That's kind of what he does. <laughs> I love the rivalry between the tramp and the butler. Like the butler hates the oh, tramp. Yeah. Like he thinks he has no business partying with the millionaire. He's, he's like opposite of the tramp. Like tramp loves drunk millionaire and hates sober millionaire. And the butler loves sober millionaire and hates drunk millionaire. I love the scenes um, when they're at the like dinner, uh, like restaurant thing where there's like a show. So a party. Impressive. What'd you like about it? The timing, like with this, I mean, like I, I just feel like so many people would have gotten burned with those cigars. Like the timing of everything was so. Now, obviously, I'm sure they did a bunch of takes, but I don't know. Just everything flowed really well, like almost like a Rube Goldberg. Just, uh, I don't know. The cigar thing was really funny. And just, I don't know. I feel like they would have burned themselves practicing that. But that was pretty funny. When he danced, it was it made me laugh. The comparison to Rube Bol- Goldberg is pretty brilliant, Brett. Not going to lie. I wasn't sure after I said it, but it just seems like everything goes together one thing happens and the next thing happens and did you guys notice that one woman come to the front of the screen and do this like gyration twerking movement is it gene harlow she's in this movie apparently really famous actress do you guys know what i'm talking about she shakes it hard hard twerk never seen anything i've never seen anything like it on screen actually I'll send a screenshot to you guys. I'll give you a time code. That's the thing, too, is you know no one back then was, like, drinking water to recovering from these hangovers either. They were just, like, going harder and harder. <laughs> like, they must have just been, like, an eternal state of feeling terrible. 
Um, I also noticed in this part too, I feel like this had a tracking shot or, or something where it like kind of pushed in on Charlie Chaplin's feet while he was like kind of tapping to the beat, which is like, it, it really stands out in this movie when you see something a little bit different like that and the camera moving. Then it also has the film sped up a little bit, which yeah. I think is like just them turning the, like literally turning the crank of the camera at a different pace in order to achieve that like, effect, <laughs> which is just fucking mind blown, blowing to think about. Um, but there's an on again, off again relationship, like we mentioned with the millionaire. Stevie, the tramp is becoming more and more in love with the blind girl. He's got to come up with a couple different ways to make money. Um, do you remember any of those ways that he tried <laughs> to make money? So, blind girl's behind on the rent, right? Mm-hmm. $22. $22 hairs, which today would be what? I looked it up as $400-something. Damn. That's actually not that expensive. No, that's cheap. No. What was she doing? Like, how were, Why was she so bad at selling flowers? She's blind? I mean... <laughs> Just because you're blind doesn't mean you can't sell. True, but people might take advantage of her. <laughs> She's got super smell. She knows how many. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. Um, but I think he... Does he become a street sweep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And that doesn't go to plan. And then the ultimate... Maybe there's one beforehand, but the ultimate payoff is the boxing match, right? Mm-hmm. Which had me laughing from the beginning to the end. What that. was your favorite part of that, Brett? <laughs> The first time the bell rings and he's hiding behind <laughs> the ref and then he would pop out and punch him. That Like every time he did that, like Josh or someone would argue that it went on too long, but every time he did it, I was like, yes. I also- No, I that was that was better than him drowning himself four times. For I sure, love, for sure. I Plus love every time bit. When they punched each other, it looked so freaking funny to me. When they punched her, it looked great also- when um, he did like the edge spear to the ref, it <laughs> yeah. looked so weird. Like he was on wires almost. Did anybody catch that? Oh, he's definitely on wires. Yeah. Definitely on a wire. Did you guys all rewind it and watch it oh, again? Oh, yeah. I was so taken aback by it. <laughs> Dude, his pants were like pulled up. He was <laughs> matrixing around. <laughs> It was pretty cool. The back of his pants are like lifted higher than the rest of his body. But I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible effect. And there's no, there's no way you're seeing that on like a 1933, you know, uh, Cineplex somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that's probably like seamless back then. But I loved it all. I loved the guy he boxed. He thought he was really funny. Guys, click the link I sent you in the chat. So this is at the party or at the um, dinner club. Mm-hmm. Do you want to describe the motion that this woman's doing? I already tried to. Please, <laughs> you, Pap. She's vibrating. I mean, she's vibrating. She's shaking everything. Then a man comes and takes her away. And I feel like that's what gets Charlie Chaplin a little... Uh, shakes, he's all, twi- all Twitter-baited. Juiced up. She shakes her butt, <laughs> thighs, <laughs> chest, face. Like, it's insane what she does. Mm. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. And even like like the next shot too with like the the plate that the waiter's holding like I, I fucking got obsessed with that shot too because like they have a couple dishes fall off. I mean the rest are clearly like anchored to the thing. You know what I mean? But the fact that he thought <laughs> to have a couple dishes fall off so it kind of looks real is like just a great touch. You yeah. would never ever notice that. Uh, 
if you're watching it in real time. Josh, I thought it was cool in that whole boxing setup too. We're watching a movie from 1931 and there's a black guy in it and there's no racial like stereotypes or jokes or anything about that. You know what I mean? It's just a black guy in a movie back then. Like that, that kind of blows my mind as much as anything, you know? Because think about it. Think about it, Pat. Cimarron came out the same year and we know that's got like the most stereotypical black character of all time in it. Which one? Cimarron. Mm, yeah. Oh, Miss Lodi. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Which is incredible too. There's no way that's a better movie than City Lights. I don't think so. No. Can I talk about this guy a little bit and Please. his character arc in this movie, Pat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want me to? I don't know if you want to spend the time on it, but. No, yeah. He's like a cool guy. He like lights Charlie Chaplin's cigar or cigarette or something like while they're getting warmed up in the like waiting room. And Charlie Chaplin in general is just like really pres- like impressed by him and is like, if this is the co- like, he okay, no words are spoken, obviously silent film. And there's not even like any text that comes up. But through everything that you see, it's very clear that Charlie Chaplin is like, if this is one of the guys fighting, I am dead if I'm in this boxing competition. (laughs) But then like the twist on this guy's story is like he fights some random white dude and actually gets like knocked out. And I think there's even like a little tag on it. Stevie, do you remember like he kind of wakes up and does like one more thing? In the corner, doesn't he? He's up. You mean uh, when he's he does talking with like the that. flower girl? In the boxing after he gets knocked out, right, Josh? Yeah, the black Pappy, do you remember the black guy? He well, like <clears throat> Maybe he like just the- wakes up and I was just like happy to see that he wasn't like freaking dead in the movie. He's just <laughs> you know, he just had a good fight, got knocked out, and he's back up and he'll fight again the next day, presumably. I think that's like the craziest thing about like whenever I watch a Charlie Chaplin movie is like he's just yes anding himself. You know what I mean? Because he has total creative control over everything. I think the bit that you're talking about is like uh, the black boxer has like some like lucky rabbit's foot and like horseshoe, right? And like Charlie Chaplin's like all about that. As he's going into it, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a guy comes out from the previous fight. He's got a big black eye and Charlie Chaplin like rubs a lucky rabbit's foot over his eye. Then when he realizes like his friend, the black guy gets knocked out, he's like, oh shit, this shit isn't lucky at all. (laughs) And he tries to like undo it, like does it like the reverse way or whatever. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, that no, Josh, (laughs) you're talking about when he gets knocked out, he comes back in. And then when the whole thing's going on where the little guy knocks out the guy who knocked out the black guy, he's in the background, like shaking his head, like he's awake. He's not dead. Is that what you mean, Josh? That is what I meant. But I love the fact that Pappy colored that in because all of this takes place within like four or five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's not like any of these characters were in the first scene and these are like callbacks or anything. This is just like a whole different sketch or something and i'm not saying that's bad but i truly feel like with no words um this character i dude i i'm a freaking terrible person we keep saying the black guy what is his actual name he doesn't have a name in the movie i mean like no no characters are really named in the movie right if you look at the opening credits like the blind girl the tramp 
everyone's just kind of like so a i'll call him boxer too he has a really okay. cool arc with no <laughs> word said in four minutes that like i'll probably remember for a while and that's pretty cool mm-hmm. stevie i mean the boxing sequence is considered one of the greatest like film sequences of all time were there any visual gags you found oh the when he's uh, when his neck is tied around the rope to the bell um <laughs> yeah, scary like so much noose action mm-hmm. i mean a lot of noose action but it just visually it was hysterically funny to see like back to the corner back in back to the corner and back in also i know it dragged but i know it goes on too long it's one of those things where like a joke doesn't know where to leave or know when to leave but you know when they're both going down for the count i thought that was just brilliant like especially like yeah you know this one's down get back up this one's down counting him you know and eventually see the tramp lose it was it was pretty cool the only thing i will say though that was like weird to me was how hard his corner was like rubbing his inner thigh region <laughs> like while he's thinking about the blind girl like there's yeah you know. i mean i know it's a i know it's boxing you know it, it's a leg sport you got to have your legs you know but just Gotcha. It's a. Uh, it was just a little off-putting to see on screen. That's all. All right, Josh. Just to make you feel better, uh, Victor Alexander. Apologize to Victor Alexander's family, dude. He's a superstitious boxer. He is hard to look up. What do you mean? Why? It took a couple Google searches, and like, if you look on the City Lights full cast and crew. After the first like five or six guys, none of which are like African American, it's just like this huge list of oldies people, like thirty people. So you'd have to click on them one by one and Google their face, I guess. How did you figure it yeah, out? Yeah, but it's because he's named Superstitious Boxer. Ah, Superstitious Boxer, <laughs> not just Superstitious. Superstitious. <laughs> I think you said something key though, Stevie, that like the tramp loses this fight. Yes. And I feel like everything in the language of movies feels like he should win this he fight. He should you know win. I mean? Like he just gets abused and like, abused and abused. You're right. The language of film says like he has to have a win at, at a certain point. Because the entire movie, like, which is great, he's losing. You know, he he's rarely having these wins. And you think the boxing matches, <laughs> you know, maybe where how you read film he would win this and brilliantly for the better of the actual movie he loses mm-hmm. because it's which, setting himself up for the greater win Steve, yes which is, is what you're saying yes which is the final shot of the film so awesome mm-hmm. which if you would watch any previous charlie chaplin movies it'd be shocking to see him get his ass kicked right like we talked about how the rock and Vin Diesel had to have like a contractual oh, obligation wow. of like who could get punched more times. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like the, the brand of Charlie Chaplin's The Tramp is infinitely bigger for its time than either of their brands are like now. He's like the most famous. Yeah. Like literally he made a silent movie when nobody wanted to see silent movies and it like did really well. Mm hmm. And like, yeah, I'm with you. And to let him just like get his ass kicked like that is just like, I, I don't know. A choice based on art and not on uh, like maintaining your brand. Um, but the blind girl 
does eventually get her vision back. Again, I, I feel like it's like pretty surprising that Charlie Chaplin pulls off what ends up being a robbery of a thousand dollars from the millionaire. Like it's not <laughs> there's no like happy resolution to him getting the money that she needs. He gave it. Tactically, he gave it to him. Well, and he gave him the Rolls Royce, too, but that didn't seem <laughs> <laughs> to matter. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I just remembered a funny part. I don't want to forget. No, go ahead. Yeah, say it. When when they are drunk driving and he says something about you driving and he goes, am I driving? <laughs> Do that make me laugh. Kelly Chaplin like, crawls over the back of the car. <laughs> Pushes him away from the wheel. Mm. man that was really funny one of the few uh intertitle cards um josh did you get emotional any point here at the end when he's giving up uh giving her the money for the rent maybe just talk us through the 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 character arcs first and then how you how you felt about it what actually happens who mentioned the aladdin moment earlier in the film pap stevie pappy didn't Mm -hmm. what was that aladdin moment um, just that it's, I mean, it's Not the same thing as like a goofy, a goofy movie, right? It's like the same. Yeah. You're lying to get the girl. Yeah. Not being I saw it. There's this moment here in this scene where he's got a thousand dollars from this heist, basically. And he's going to give her all she needs is $22 to pay the rent. But he loves her at this point. So he starts to give her all the money and he has this one like huge eyed wide look and he like balls up a hundred dollar bill and shoves it in one of his pockets. So he's going to give her because he's poor. Yeah. And he's going to give her nine hundred. And then she like thanks him and kisses him on the wrist. And he's so like taken aback that he takes the ball that hundred. And this is totally like a boo when he takes a bite out of the bread. (laughs) Yeah. And then gets all like <laughs> self-conscious and gives it yeah. back to the poor kids that are like the cutest kids in the whole universe mm-hmm. they don't have anything to eat oh my gosh is that not true brett you feel that oh yeah no definitely and i just was looking at how much a thousand dollars was in 1930 and how much is it now it's, uh eighteen thousand four hundred thirty four dollars and sixty cents well, they say at one point Charlie Chaplin has to play a millionaire. So is that basically a modern day Elon Musk walking around? <laughs> <laughs> it's enough money to cure blindness in 1930. It's like, yeah, I own Twitter and BD. I, I can't imagine there were that many billionaires back then. Maybe just one. I don't know. Rockefeller was rich, but maybe he didn't have a billion dollars back then. Okay. Either way. Okay, Pap. We got the original rom-com here. And the girl mm-hmm. who is way too pretty for the main character guy, even though, you know, I don't know. He actually falls in love with her despite all his selfishness. And he gives her all the money, like I said. And pretty soon after that, like, she sees him. And even in mm-hmm. his tattered clothes, and even though he's being like, tormented by these hilarious newsies on the corner these like teenage kids just <laughs> giving them hell they're awesome i love those guys too they're awesome characters but um yeah man it, it all plays out a lot like a modern day rom-com and that like she sees the good in him he's like willing to change his ways and they're gonna help fix each other i think pat i feel like she kind of makes fun of him first though that's what i think i didn't really like it's a I think it's like supposed to be brutal, right? Like he is 
what she says to him is kind of mean. Well, I mean, first of all, like the whole setup, right, of when he's giving her the money, she touches his hands like an extra amount. You know what I mean? So it's establishing how that bridge is going to be crossed later. But this is like the most fucked up tramp of all time. You know what I mean? He looks terrible. He doesn't have like his <laughs> yeah. signature like look about him. <laughs> he's been in jail for swamping. a while. Yeah. And I mean, he sees, I, I don't know, Stevie. It's like, it's hard to, like, maybe this medium fails us for like describing how great Charlie Chaplin was at emoting with like every single muscle in his face. But the look of like recognition when he finally, like, when he sees her. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's, and you know exactly what a person's thinking just based on what his face is doing. It's an incredible art form. Not just his face, but also, I mean, it goes without saying, Charlie Chaplin is like one of the like great physical actors, right? Just body wise. Oh, yeah. Like him and Buster Keaton, probably, right? Uh, Charlie, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd say Charlie Chaplin to even a greater extent. Did he do dangerous stuff like Buster Keaton? I guess even in this movie, that sword could have easily gone up his butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh. I think he does some pretty crazy stuff in modern times, but I haven't seen it. I'm serious, dude. I think that was a dangerous scene to film. I thought it did. That was crazy. Sorry, Stevie. Sorry, go no, ahead. Sorry, it's Stevie. just, I was just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's something obvious I was just saying, which is, you know, Charlie Chaplin's not even, you know, just great at emoting, but just a fantastic mm. physical actor, and it's fun to watch. How do you interpret those final last scenes, Brett? Like when, I mean, is, is it a happy ending? Because like, she's being really mean to him. Like how, where can the story go <laughs> after this? You know what I mean? I think it is a happy ending. I, I think, while it does come off as mean, I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the advocate of this now. I feel like maybe it was just like a harmless joke, a mirthless chuckle. What line are you talking about in particular? What does she say, Pap? Uh, uh, you're uh, oh look, I've got a conquest or something, yeah. right? I think she's kind of. And then to add insult to industry, in, uh, add insult to injury. She's offering him money. <laughs> now. You know what I mean? Like she has no idea he gave her the equivalent of twenty thousand dollars. You know, a few months ago. But like the last 10, 15 seconds where they're staring at each other to me is like peak cinema. So like, I think it's happy. Do you think at this eight time and age, if you saw someone like that on the street, it would be okay to kind of laugh at them, kind of knowing in your mind that they don't really get what we're talking about, that we're laughing at them. And look, after all, I'm good. I'm giving them like a quarter pence piece or whatever that is. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I honestly don't think probable, maybe this is conjecture, but do you think in 1931, she, this would have seen as so evil to be like, this guy on the street's kind of a bozo. I don't know. I offered him a hay penny. What more do you want from him? A hay penny. It's <laughs> a wheat penny. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was evil, but. Uh, What's her line at the end, though? It kind of corrects things. She says something like, "It's you, I, right? I see you now." Like, I, it's like from no, Avatar. Avatar. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is something like that, though. You'll be right here. <laughs> I think he asks, "Can you see?" And she says, "Yes, I can see. I can see now. 
I can see I can now. S- yes, I can see now. Get it? Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Nash, I could see clearly now plays and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, Stevie, is there any Great like song. ambiguity ambiguity around the happiness of this ending? For you, I, I I don't know. I feel like I go I go back and forth when don't I watch it. This. What if I think it, it's I think it's, it's a happy ending or not? It is a happy like I mean it's happy when he's looking at her, but like what are the next three years like? Get away from <laughs> well, me! What's modern times? You know? Please help! <laughs> yeah, Peppy. What's is she? I take it she's not in modern times since they hated they didn't like each other. They hated each other. Did they really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. even more brilliant because well, like the final shot says otherwise. That yeah, it makes it end even better, right? Yeah, actually. He fired her, apparently. He was firing people left and right on this movie. He refilmed the last scene with the girl that he actually wanted, but uh, apparently they had just shot too much with the other girl, so he went and asked for her to come back, and she said, okay, I'll come back for twice the salary. And he like reluctantly said yes. Really quick, I want to get into the Stevie question that is like, what happens next? But like, oh, yeah, sorry. Charlie Chaplin's mom died during this movie. The stock yeah. market crashed. Like during this movie, the the Great Depression. It took three years to make, right? Happened. It took three years to make, and not to mention, like he's founding his own like distribution company, United Artists. Like no one wants to make these kind of movies anymore, silent movies. So he's like betting, betting the farm, betting it all, and trying to like produce this kind of movie. Like he's a very stressed out, neurotic, perfectionist <laughs> person <laughs> at this point in his career. But Stevie, what, what do you think happens next, though? In, uh, in the story, mm-hmm. I think at some point the millionaire is going to see him again, and he's, he's going to see her with the blind girl or the vision girl now. And um, <laughs> I think they're going to have another fun night. <laughs> and uh, I also think that um, you know when eventually he wakes up again or whatever, that girl will be able to quell him. And the millionaire will make uh, the tramp's life a little easier. What? Make what? her easier? Make Charlie Chaplin's life easier? Make like actually be his friend easier. when he's sober? Gotcha. Mm. We've got a business now. I thought, you said, made, I thought you said make his wife easier. Life. Life. Now I see. I get you. I hope the millionaire settles down. I hope he finds someone. I feel like he needs that. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, we're in final thoughts now. This is my main final thought. And this is just a place of ignorance for me. What is the deal with Charlie Chapman's like facial look with the mustache and the high eyebrows and like the paint? Is that hearkening back to like play stuff or like, uh, like I have no idea like what that is. He's supposed to look goofy, right? I mean, maybe he ran into a German guy during World War One. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's a bit of a Hitler mustache. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Dude, first of all, Hitler copied Charlie Chaplin. I know. That's why I was saying during World War One. I. I know. Mm. I know Charlie Chaplin's dad was kind of like a, a vaudeville, not but for like the vaudeville. London equivalent, whatever that was, like stage guy, and he played like a well-to-do drunkard. Like that was like his character on the stage like a drunk guy who is also rich so i think charlie chaplin kind of like based his look on that but like charlie chaplin's eyebrows in this movie 
are incredibly inconsistent. Like sometimes they look normal and sometimes they're like thick painted on like, <laughs> fake boys. <laughs> they're like not based in reality. It's kind of all over the place, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like one of the most iconic characters of all time, right? Josh, the tramp, you know, it, he is, but I just vaudeville was the term I was looking for earlier, but like this movie is so far back. You're getting into like, huge spans of history talking about vaudeville informing this like early kind of film that we now watch and created a podcast about and now we're going back in time and seeing this like weird lasting legacy of vaudeville and what makes it seem weird on film is like his girlfriend and the millionaire they look like regular people but he's like a puppet or something in the midst of all of it. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it is his uh, stature too, right? He's a He's like five four, five five. Tiny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Music hall is what they called it. Like Vaudeville Music Hall is a type of British theatrical entertainment. Uh, the British equivalent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you have to have the accented features so, like, the people in the back row can see it, right? (laughs) That's why the early, yeah, the early uh, movie characters have all those huge facial expressions. Yeah, and then when you Uh, do a close-up of it, you just see the caked-on layers complain (laughs) about it a hundred years later on a podcast. (laughs) All right, so my last three things, that three gags that I thought were funny. I thought the bald guy in the sun hat and like the cheese dip was like really funny uh, when he's trying to scoop the guy's head because at the party <laughs> yeah. with the spoon. The, the star What plate. a weird joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similar one where he, he takes the guy's cheese to wash his hand and he puts the soap back. That was really funny. Um, also, just some random thing that shouldn't have been that funny is when that guy's trying to pick up that cigar and Charlie and the tramp just comes and knocks him over and takes it. That's all I got. That's all made me laugh. It's hilarious from the guy's perspective. Some dude in a Rolls Royce rolls up, yeah, like, pushes him <laughs> It takes oh, a street funny. cigarette right from out from under. That reminded me of Trailer Park Boys, like always smoking butts, <laughs> like fighting oh, over gosh. butts. Smokes. <laughs> Only other uh, final thought that I had was in my research. I think we've talked about this a little bit in terms of the icebox moments, but Charlie Chaplin said of um, continuity errors that if the audience notices a continuity error, that's a failure of the film of being too boring and not the continuity error itself. Um, That if you were engaged with the film, you wouldn't be noticing those continuity errors. That's not... Is that the fact that he shouldn't have them? But he didn't be- have YouTube where he could just rewatch <laughs> it over and over, though. Ding. Yeah, exactly. Pap, how do you feel about intentional continuity errors? Ooh. Um, for comedic effect. I think it's kind of hard as a person who's sight reading a movie for the first time to know what is an intentional uh, uh, continuity. Mighty error. Python and the Holy Grail when he's running. 
at the castle. Hilarious. Didn't one of the scary movies have like a cop hat that gets bigger and bigger each scene? (laughs) Those are funny. Those are hysterical. That's kind of something that feels like Saturday Night Live-ish though, doesn't it, Stevie? That's That's not true Kino. I mean... I what about the, go ahead, Pep. What about the guy in the stranger who had the cowboy hat? In the <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was just ginormous. <laughs> I think it'd be Kino, right, CB though? What's that? What's that mean? Just like the truest artistic form of cinema. Criterion oh, Collection. <laughs> You have a professor who wrote books on these kind of movies. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Are we ready for yes or no? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. We'll go east to east this time. Brett, we give you yes or no first. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't. Well, I'll start by saying give this a really hard yes. I like it so much more than I thought it would. Um, I don't really like slapstick comedy and uh, physical comedy is not one of my favorite things, but it was like, it's almost like I've never seen physical comedy until I've seen this movie. Like the way they did it was just really, really good. Ending was awesome. The boxing scene. I mean, that could be like a 15 minute short film and it would be like, something I could probably watch over and again, over and over again. Cause to me, it was that funny. So, uh, hard, hard. Yes. Really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for picking it. Uh, that's me next. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Nathan, for being a Patreon, uh, bold move to choose the oldest movie the history of spoilers definite hard yes for me um i think silent film is almost like a different art form than like the talkies like normal film um dialogue and like storytelling and delivery of lines is such a big part of movies and such a big part usually of like our discussion of a movie it, it totally like reframes how we talk about or dissect or spoil a movie and Charlie Chaplin is like in a unique position where he's unquestionably the best to ever do it. And this is, you know, truly him at the height of his powers. And I I would say like, you know, if you're worried if you're going to be bored or not, or if you don't know if this is like an accessible or like, you know, good movie, like watch this movie and just, really like take note of how much you can infer by the way Charlie Chaplin holds his body. And like that to me is like the artistry and the art of this whole thing. Like the way he like contorts his face, the way his posture is held, the way he interacts with the people around him. He communicates more through, you know, his, his physical body language than like some of the best actors today can even do with their line delivery um i think he is well deserved to being you know you know being known as one of the best actors of all time especially considering this is like a film directed produced starring and the music composed by 
Charlie Chaplin. I, I don't think we mentioned That's that insane. enough. It's it is a true like creative tour de force. I mean, there's there's no one else who's ever done anything like this. Like even John Carpenter, right? If you're directing, producing, and writing the music, you're not starring in it. And like no one else right. has ever been able to do this. And it's it's truly next level. Great pick, Nathan. Um, really glad we got to do a silent film at some point. Uh, very, 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 very hard yes for me. Josh? I was going to do a yes or no segment where I didn't say anything for a while. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> uh, mm. You kind of stole that joke at the beginning of the pod, so I'm good on that. <laughs> There's only one possible spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe we'll do another silent film at some point, though, Pap. And what will you do then? Like, same joke? Just the whole pod silence. <laughs> another art project, like Blackout mm-hmm. Passion. Fair enough. Right. For my yes or no segment, though, I want to tell you all listeners who maybe haven't seen this movie or maybe haven't seen it recently. One tiny little 30 second scene. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin (laughs) has just visited his girlfriend and he has to leave and he doesn't know when he'll see her again. And so he stands on this like barrel precariously (laughs) to spy on her. And that's like enough. You could cut to the next scene and it's like, that's a creepy weird thing. But there's this like extra tag on the end where his like working class neighbor, her working class neighbor comes out he grabs his like milk and mail, smoking a pipe, and he turns and looks and sees Charlie Chaplin in this act, this voyeuristic act, I might say. And he makes some gesture. There's no title card, but he makes a gesture like he says, like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Get out of there. <laughs> and Charlie Chaplin trips and he knocks over the barrel. And it's not just a barrel sitting there. It's a barrel that's been collecting water. This is an homage to a different time where barrels in the middle of the city would just be constantly (laughs) collecting water. (laughs) The barrel spills and just absolutely (laughs) fills this dude's whole flat. And Charlie Chaplin sprints off into an alley, jumps into the Rolls Royce that he's stolen from a millionaire and drives off scene. And if you like that kind of stuff, you're probably going to like this movie. Big yes. (laughs) last but not least Stevie um yeah Uh, I will give this movie a very hard yes I didn't really know how I was gonna you know like it or not um I haven't seen this movie since college and uh I just didn't have fond memories of being in that classroom in a dark classroom late at night (laughs) trying not to fall asleep uh (laughs) But, yeah, it's just a really fun movie to watch. You know, I think it's what I would consider, like, the godfather of rom-coms. And I do love me a rom-com. I wish they'd make more. I don't know why they don't anymore. And, you know, it's growing up in the 90s, you know, there was a rom-com coming out every other week. And now it's like there's, like, one a year where it's like, oh, this is actually a good one. You know, I, I want more. And Stevie, I'm, Brett, we should write one. What would, would it be about? No pappy included in that? You can have like editorial. 
I don't know. Editorial powers. Something. I don't know. You can manage the band. Stevie Fisher, yes or no? They won't talk about the script we're going to write. The one I would write um, would be about a bank robbery. <laughs> yep. And yes. it would be about like a loner kid in junior high who's like junior high crush is about to move away because their parents like get new jobs in another town. And so this kid gets an idea with him and his friends to rob a bank so that she doesn't have to move. That's a rom-com. What if he robs a bank in the other town that she's from and that's where her like dad was going to work? So it's like a double mm. move. I like so, that. Like, her dad, her it's, like, dad- it's like terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what will fucking happen if you try to move, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's the name of the movie. Well, when that movie gets made, we'll spoil it. Uh, I don't know, Josh, if you have trivia or not. But before we get to trivia, I did want to read an email that we had from loyal Patreon Austin. Yes. He says, Dear Spoiler Men. Hello. After recently becoming a Patreon, I figured I would email you and let you know my thoughts in the pod. I found spoilers when I was searching for podcasts in my favorite film, Drive. Yes. The first one I saw was this one, and I'm really glad I decided to listen. With Number great one in the rankings for Drive. Of Let's humor, go. Humor, film insight. Sorry, with a great balance of humor, film insight, and witty, witty banter between hosts, this pod really has it all. <laughs> Each host has a different personality and really brings a lot when discussing the film. Some of my favorite things about the pod are no. all the constant shitting on Brett, no. <laughs> Mikey's soundboard, and my absolute favorite, the goddamn train whistle. The better part of my morning is listening to an episode and in the most inconvenient time possibly, a solid <laughs> comes through my AirPods. <laughs> and let me tell you, I can't fucking stop laughing every time. This is important, Josh. This is why I want to read this before trivia. Wrapping every episode with trivia is such a brilliant idea Okay. to wrap a pod yep. and leave the listener eager to hear the next episode. Thank you guys for keeping the episodes coming and always providing solid content. Lastly, Boava Jordan, please never stop listening. So please never stop whistling. Sincerely, oh, he stopped a long time Austin. P.S. Don't let the guys get you down, Brett. Your opinion matters just as much as anyone else's. Hashtag wow. stand with Brett. Sent for my iPhone. Phenomenal email, Austin. Thank you so much. God. Yeah, it's pretty good. I thought actually that email was interesting because Pappy, yeah, people please. that listen to our pod, should they have seen the movie or not going into our podcast? What do you think? This is spoilers. <laughs> what? My brother hasn't seen like 80% of the movies. Really? Yeah, he did. Well, he's. That's why I think it's interesting. I think we're towing a line where like some people like to listen to a podcast talk about the plot of the movie. I don't. And, some t- and sometimes we're playing more to the people that have seen the movie and we're like deep diving on like small details. And depending on like who's hosting, maybe that changes. But it's kind of an interesting thing about our podcast, I think. It's the way it's always been and the way it shall always be. 
<laughs> Josh, do you have trivia for real? I do have a trivia, but it's not ideal. Do you want to do a double? Mm. No, we can't do a double. Especially with Pappy's is long. Mine is long. Is yours good? It's not good, but it's short. It's the closest to. All right, Stevie Brett, short and good or girthy and long? Girthy. <laughs> I want to hang out. I want to hang out with you I guys longer. Let's do girthy. All girthy, right. but let me go. Let me go. Can we take like a? I gotta pee. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, I don't want it to be go like for, a half go pee. Hour, go but, pee. No, it'll yeah. it'll go fast. I mean, people um, listen to us for our girth, right? <laughs> well, this is length and girth, so you know. Go, go pee. I, while Brett goes pee, I'm going to send a list of... Whoa, don't don't send that column, <laughs> Pappy. Send a list of actors. Uh, let me double make sure. Okay. We're going back to an old school game. A game we haven't played in a long time. Sort this shit out. Uh, was trying to go through some older actors was like thinking of old actors in my head as the theme for this. I have a long list of actors. The winner tonight will be the spoiler man who can successfully name these actors in order of least recent birth year to most recent birth year. So the oldest actor, some of these guys are dead to the youngest actor on this list. Can I ask a question then? Yes, please. So if two people are dead, is it who was born earlier? That's <laughs> yeah, what you're saying? Not who lived longer. <laughs> yeah. Who was born first? Okay. Uh I I'm ready. Yep. I randomized the order of these actors, Brett, it sort the shit out. Uh for the audience at home, the randomized order of actors is Orson Welles, Denzel Washington, Robert De Niro, Michael Caine. Samuel L. Jackson, James Dean, Marlon Brando, <laughs> Clint Eastwood, Tom Hanks, Daniel Day-Lewis, Jeff Bridges, Al Pacino, Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, Denzel Washington, Robert De Niro, Michael Caine, Samuel L. Jackson, James Dean, Marlon Brando, Clint Eastwood, Tom Hanks, Daniel Day-Lewis, Jeff Bridges, Al Pacino, Charlie Chaplin. So the winner tonight will be the one who can say these in oldest birth year, the newest birth year. Can you give us a list? It's in the chat. It's in the chat. Newest birth year. I like that. Eastus to Eastus, then. Brett said it first. So we'll go Brett, Josh, Josh Stevie. My cocaine. Okay. Go um, ahead, Brett. Number one, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin is the oldest. 1889. Jesus. <laughs> Stevie. What? Every time you hear an age of someone older than you, you say Jesus <laughs> on the spot. That's not cool. <laughs> Born in 1985? Jesus. Damn! <laughs> um... Second oldest, mm-hmm. Orson Welles. Really? Correct. Well, Stevie said, God damn. What? 1915. <laughs> Third oldest. Let's go, Brett. Marlon Brando. 
Correct. 1924. Is he getting enough time to Google? No, I'm not Googling. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is. I think I think my streaks... You're going through a hard stretch. After the next one, it gets hard. I will say... Gosh, it's going to be close. Um, next oldest, Clint Eastwood. Correct again. Oh Whoa. 1930. Damn. He's four for four. Next oldest birth date, James Dean. He's five for five. Let's go, Greg. <laughs> okay. Keep those this fingers and typing. Yeah, this is the one. You're right. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, so I got him. He's got to be about six. So Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, Marlon Brando, Clint Eastwood. James Dean. What a trap. Said. Pap. Chaplin Wells. What did I say? Brando Eastwood Dean. Brando, Brando Eastwood Dean. Can, uh, the ones he has left are Denzel, De Niro, Kane, Samuel Jackson, Tom Hanks, Daniel Day-Lewis, Jeff Bridges, Al Pacino. Thank you, Josh. That's going to get real hard. Um, I will go with Robert De Niro. Incorrect. <gasps> oh! So I believe that was Josh next. Can you recreate the list that Brad? Yep, 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 I can. I'll say it kind of slowly for Stevie's sake. You might want to write these down a bit. I mean, didn't Brad lay the groundwork, though? Isn't that kind of like the part of the game of, like, keeping going as you're laying the groundwork for someone else? I guess. Mm -hmm. Or are you expected to take notes and read it every time? Yeah. You got to say each one every time. Okay. Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, Marlon Brando, Clint Eastwood, James Dean. Brent mm-hmm. said Robert De Niro, which was wrong. So I'm going to go with Michael Caine. Michael Caine was born in 1933. Correct. Okay. I'll go with De Niro after that. Incorrect. No way. Ooh. Brent, Incorrect. I trusted you. I trusted you. So we got six so Set far. Is that right? Yeah, six. Esteban, but you got to say those six. And then guess the next one. All right. Chaplin, Orson, Marlon, Clint, James Dean, Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pap, can you like do like a separator for me of like who's left? Um, I got it, Pap. Yeah, Thanks, that's great. Thank Robert you. De Niro, my... Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, Tom Hanks, Daniel Day Lewis, Jeff Bridges, Al Pacino. <sighs> I'm gonna say Al Pacino. Come on, Correct. Andy. Don nice. Pacino, 1940. Al Pacino, spelled with an H. <laughs> listen, listen, Al Pinocchio. Al Pacino. Pacino. Get your busting up ours now. Pacino. Dang it. Brett. What? This might be running downhill from here, Stevie. Al Pacino. Get it, Stevie. Brett, you've never seen Tropic Thunder. I know, I'm just... Feature spoilers, pick. I know, Alpha Chino, man. Um, I'll say um, De Niro. Come on. Correct. Nice. 1943. Get it, Stevie. Run the rest of these. No, they're, they're not runnable, because there's people that are real close. Denzel is left, Samuel L. Jackson's left, Tom Hanks is left, DDL is left, and Jeff Bridges is left. Starman would have been in, I 
think eighty-two. I get a two. Uh, I think he was around twenty-six or twenty-seven then. I put him in the fifties. And I want to divide s- by pie. <laughs> I'll say Sam Jackson next. Oh, get it. Oh, nineteen forty-eight. Samuel Jackson. Let's go. This is runnable downhill from here. <laughs> Please keep doing math, Stevie. Again, oh all such as Denzel, <laughs> so Tom Hanks, Daniel Day-Lewis, Jeff Bridges. Who is the oldest? <sighs> I want to say <sighs> the name of the five put him in the sixties. Tom Hanks, I think, is divided by a sign. Dude, I, so I, I don't know if I can find this by these people's Minus movies. Chet Hanks. <laughs> uh, this might trip me up here, but I'll say Bridges is next. <laughs> 1949. Nice. He's only got three names left. It's Denzel Washington. It's Tom Hanks. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. Who's the oldest of those three? It's Denzel. Not Danzel. 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 That's how you wrote it, too. I've got a lot of responsibility here. (laughs) I think Denzel was. See, I think Glory came out in 88. I think he would have been in his 20s, and that probably places him around 60. Uh. See Tom Hanks. Four score seven years ago. See Tom Hanks, he was in Bosom Buddies. Mm. And that places him a little further than that. So there's Denzel, Hanks, and Daniel Day. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember when my left foot came out. I think they came out in 80. I don't think Daniel Day is that old yet. I'll say Tom Hanks is next. I'm sorry. Ah, I got close. <laughs> no. That's yeah, fine. Brett, Stevie just ate up a lot of field for you there. Can you take it to the okay, house? Okay, so uh, Chaplin, Wells, Brando, Eastwood, Dean, Kane. Dean Kane. Pacino, De Niro, Kane? Jackson. <laughs> Dean Kane. Bridges. Correct. Danzel. Dan. Danzel. Tom Hanks. Daniel Day-Lewis. I am going to go against my better instincts, and I'm going to say Denzel Washington. Correct, nice, Brett. Nice, Brett. To get a hot take and to toss it to Spoiler Man, who's older, Tom Hanks or Daniel Day-Lewis? What would suck is if I miss this, and the person who didn't get any of them. I got some. Uh, that sorts the shit out. I got some. Beast. I didn't get any. I'm spot. Okay. So we got Tom Hanks and Daniel Day Lewis. Who is it's older? gotta be it's gotta be Tom Hanks. That's correct, Price. And then Daniel Day Lewis. Correct. Thank you. Once again for the audience at home, Stevie Stevie did carry the ball. You're welcome, boys. Charlie Chaplin, eighteen eighty nine, Orson Welles, nineteen fifteen, Marlon Brando, nineteen twenty four, Eastwood, nineteen thirty. James Dean, 1931. Michael Caine, That's Al Pacino, the oldest of those actors, 1940. De Niro, 43. Samuel L. Jackson, 48. Bridges, 49. Bridges, nine years younger than Al Pacino. Would not have guessed that. Denzel Washington, 54. Tom Hanks, 56. DDL, 57. But Brett, you are the winner. 
take us home here. Toss us a spoiler, man. If you have a hot take, go ahead and dish that out too. I don't really have much of a hot take. Great list of actors there. Um, but uh, what's uh, uh, thanks for Brett doing this movie? I'm you can do a Packers what? corner. Mm. No, I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> BK talks uh, college football. Talk about the Packers. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a that's a cut from uh, whatever pod that was. Napoleon Dynamite. Um, no, I'm okay. Um, I use stinks to basketball when they're supposed to be good. That's my hot take. Thanks for doing this. It's a great, it's a fun movie. Take it away, spoiler man. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Special thank you to our patrons. Spencer. <laughs> Matt Troll. Brother Brian. Nick. The Meg. Nurse Stacy. Gail. The Wolf. Barky 420. Davey Kerr. Total Movie Recall. Druid King That was spoilers.